Welcome to Divine Messy Human. I'm your host, Amanda Kate. This podcast is for the messily human, the ones who are trying their best and making mistakes. It is for those who want to embrace their messiness and learn to love it, realizing life gives us all lessons we need to learn. This is a space with no judgment, one where it is safe to show up as your whole authentic self and explore your mind, body, and soul. A word of warning, I can be a spiritual sailor, so if salty language offends, just cover your ears on occasion. I hope you enjoy this episode. This episode comes with a language warning. We also refer at times to sexual abuse. So if any of this information is triggering or activating for you, or if it brings up your own trauma, please skip this one. Join us next time. And if you need to, please reach out to a professional for some help. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Divine Messy Human. I have one of my favorite human beings with me today, Lindsay Soprano. She started a boutique marketing agency bound by marketing in 2000 and hasn't stopped making brand sizzles since she started. She has a degree in communications and journalism, but one of the reasons that I met her is because she is host of the Pain Game podcast. I will have all of her details in the podcast notes. But really, one of the reasons I wanted to speak to her is because she lives with CRPS and she has chronic pain and lives with it every day and yet still gets out in the world and spreads her message and speaks to lots of people through the podcast and does the marketing and does all of the things. So welcome, Lindsay. I'm, there's Thanks, heaps babe. more that I want to go through. <laughs> but we'll start oh my there. gosh. Yes. There's lots of divine and messy going on in this human. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Sometimes I don't feel very divine though. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think that's the hard bit. It's to remember that we are part of that divine. <laughs> because it does where we're swimming in the shit it can be really hard to see things around that are you know that are good or that are exciting and wonderful muddy and dirty and stinky and smelly and shitty (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely so i want to i guess start with um when did you find out that you had crps or how did that come about and how has that changed i guess your life in general and how you're able to manage on the day-to-day? Ooh, that's a lot. Um, I was diagnosed about seven years ago with CRPS. Mm. It's a really rare pain disease. It's called chronic regional pain syndrome. And there's two different versions of it. I have the yucky one, which is full body. And so it started actually in my right big toe, which makes no sense at all. I had been in the middle of infertility treatment with my ex-husband who was abusive, both physically and emotionally. And I, of course, I was just trying to have a baby with an abusive human being. That sounds like a great fucking idea. <laughs> Let's do that. That sounds great. What, what? And everybody was on board, even though they knew he was an asshole. So it's like, what? So nonetheless, so it kind of started at the same time as infertility treatment. And we're not really sure if that's what caused it. There's so many things that can cause CRPS. Uh, Trauma is one of them. And also from like a botched surgery or surgeries or injuries. Mm. But when it came to getting diagnosed, it was hard to get diagnosed because Mm. it acts so differently within everybody else's body. And so for me, just as a quick bit for CRPS, 
I feel like every single nerve ending in my body is being flung with matches all day long. My feet feel like I'm walking on coals and Legos and hot lava and broken glass and, 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 and all day long, 24 hours a day. So like a donut, donut, I don't <laughs> have um, a moment without pain, not a moment. And people look at me and see me, including right now where I'm smiling and I'm giggly and all that stuff. It's because I show up. Mm -hmm. And, but it doesn't mean that this morning I wasn't sobbing for two hours in the shower. <laughs> it doesn't mean that last night I wasn't sobbing because I was so, I couldn't sleep because it's hard to sleep when you're in so much pain. Um, but my, but my goal was to start to show up the way that I used to before I was diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really hard, especially the first three years I was like, F this, I don't, I'm, I'm done. Like I was suicidal. I was on all kinds of medication and pain medication and this and that and had spinal cord stimulators in my body. I had all of these things happening. And then I was taking breast implants out. I was taking spinal cord stimulators out. I was doing all of the things because I had come to a place where Western medicine was not helping me at all. It was harming me. And so when I had some kind of a mind shift where I was literally had a knife to my wrist I and my sweetie saved me from that evening. When that happened, my mind had to shift. Mm. And so I shifted into a different relationship with pain and how I was going to deal with it in my day to day. Because as you mentioned in the beginning, as a business owner for 23 plus years here, mm. oh, it's 2023 and it's the middle of it. What the hell? Anyway, for 23 years, I've been running my boutique marketing agency, but I wanted to start a conversation about pain in a different way than where I had found other podcasts and other people speaking about it. Mm. Because I was listening to like clinical this and boring this and blah, blah, blah. And my whole goal was I needed to make pain. I needed to give pain a purpose. And so I did. And it's been a crazy journey to accept that pain mm. that has been given to me and change that curse into a blessing. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And everything I'm working towards is to help myself along with helping other people through all of these things, like what you and I are doing together and through the podcast, your shows, other shows that I'm on, and also just educating people about you don't have to, if you can change your mindset, mm. you can live more divine, even in the mess. You yeah. can live better and healthier and happier if you accept some stuff and you make some pretty decent shifts in your life, but they don't have to happen all in one day. It's a lot of a little baby step here and a little baby step there. And because that's super important, especially when like I'm 50% of my life in a wheelchair right now, which I am getting out of come hell or high water. And you guys will all see me dancing on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Maybe yeah. a star, damn it. Maybe I'll be the star. But my goal is I'm getting out of this damn thing and I know I can, and I know I can heal myself. And a lot of it is because of people like you that I've met that have been encouraging and loving and fuck all, just do it. And that is one of the things that is just the most amazing part of the blessing that I've received from this horrible diagnosis. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the only way to look at it. It's the only way, because the other way sucks. Yeah, absolutely. And I notice in your bio, you say you use a very specific language of the, I have CRPS, I am not CRPS. Yep. And I think that's a really important distinction. How do you find that languaging helps you to separate yourself? That's a great question because, you know, like I do a lot of, I are used to every now and again, I catch myself. Like, I hate my body. I hate mm. this pain. I hate, I hate, I hate. 
as soon as I started shifting them, and you know this well, but I have my my I had to name my feet. It's the silliest thing you've ever heard in your life. But an acupuncturist told me she's like, you have to because I feel like my my limbs are separated from my body, especially mm -hmm. my legs. They're not part of me. They're just like doing their own thing, doing their own jam. They're having their own party. I'm like, come on, get over to this party. But she's <laughs> like, if you can humanize them and make them mm -hmm. feel like they're part of you. So I named them Thelma and Louise. And Love it. so yeah, and I'm like, Louise, you bitch. Like, can you get a grip today? Because you're really pissing me off. But I really came down to speaking about my body and speaking about how I feel and my intentions and my sticky notes all over the place. You are healed. You are pain-free. You are hopeful. You are successful. You are all of these things. Doing, making that shift to saying, I, I just have CRPS versus I am CRPS was mm. a big deal for me. There's a couple of people in the CRPS community that I'm friends with that are very much on the opposite side of how I deal with it. They are, it is their yeah. life. It is all they are. It is what they do. It's all they post about. It's everything. And I'm like, That's, you're giving it too much power. You're giving it too much power. If you mm. give yourself the power and then just let CRPS just kind of join you, that's a whole different ball game. And again, when I shifted that mindset and that language, it made me feel much better. It doesn't mean that I don't have the worst pain days on the planet where I can't walk. I can't do anything. Okay. Well, guess what? I had a couple of those last week. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, all right, well, we got through it. Thelma, we got through it. Louise, even though Louise is usually the bitch in the equation, <laughs> <laughs> we got through it. And it is a lot of the language and the way that we speak about it within ourselves and how we speak about it with the people that are in our lives. Mm. Because the people that are in our lives that support us and love us and are there day to day, they don't know what to do. No. They feel helpless. So if you're constantly berating yourself and making you feel smaller and making you feel sad, everybody around you is gonna do the same thing. And so then everybody has CRPS or everybody has that thing, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That it becomes the overarching... <laughs> You know, I remember when everything I, we do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I first um, found out I had chronic fatigue, I was very careful with the languaging, but I'd already started on that journey yeah. because, you know, I was trying to work out what the hell was wrong with my life and learning no. how to human. Life <laughs> <laughs> was a human. I feel like an alien half of the time. <laughs> and that, you know what? That's been a big part of my journey is going, I feel like an alien on, on this planet. I feel like everybody else got these notes and I didn't. And I came in going. <laughs> like I didn't get a life? map at birth, damn it. No. And there are some people that got them and I'm like, God damn it. How did you get a map? Where's mine? I don't yeah. even need a fancy one. Just give me like a cheat sheet. Yeah, I do. There was something that you said really early on um, when we first started speaking, and I'd really like to talk to this a little bit more because I think it says a lot about our society, about how we've been conditioned and also about how we end up in so much mess. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The people excusing that abuse, people encouraging you to have a child with your ex. I know we don't have windows into them, but I've been through a very similar experience, although different types of abuse. Right. And there is that excuse put forward for people to behave in that way. 
talk to that talk to how that felt being on the receiving end of that and why you think that was okay for those people who loved you do you think to I guess encourage the road you were walking uh, yeah you know it's so interesting because like when I left my my husband <clears throat> my ex-husband you know it's just like when you break up with a boyfriend whenever there's a breakup everyone's like oh god we hated him yeah. you're like come on we owe the people that we love in our lives to be brutally honest with them and to not like, what's the phrase I want to use? It's, it's, it's just, they're codependent. We're codependent on codependency and then we're more mm. codependent on codependency. And people are afraid to say, you know what? This is not the right person for you. You should not be doing this. Mm. I don't know why we are. I am like that. I'm the first person to be like, whoa, this guy is like the worst person on the planet for you run away. In fact, it happened with my best friend. Mm. She met this dude and she knew him for three minutes and she got married to him. And I said, I'm not going to be in the wedding. I'm not going to be there. I do not support this. This is a bad decision. Guess what? I was right and they just filed for divorce because he's a bipolar, alcoholic, abusive human being. Mm. And I've never even met the guy. Yeah. So if we, we, we can't co-sign other people's bullshit, we can't. If we feel in our heart of hearts, whether they feel it or not, my personal opinion is if we feel in our heart of hearts, we have to go with our gut. We have to go with our gut instinct on helping the people that are around us and putting some stop signs in front of them. If they're not seeing red flags, you fucking get in front of them and you start waving them. If you care at all, stop and stop like enabling us when we're all in love and lovey dovey, but we have to be able to take those people that come into our lives and say, yo, this is not good for you. Not okay. And then at least if we're doing that, if it ends up blowing up in their faces, I know this sounds terrible, but it's like, I told you so. Yeah. And, and that's a terrible kind of way to go about it in a way. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not co-signing anybody's bullshit anymore. And it took me a long time to get there. And you yeah. too, you and I both are like, well, we took forever to get there. And then we finally got there. We're like, <laughs> wow, this is amazing. I'm saying no left and right. Oh my God. It feels amazing. You say, I say no all the time. What, what was that word? I've always been a yes person. Oh, sure. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And in the meantime, and I'm still a people pleaser. You and I. Um, oh, yes. My darling. Recovering. <laughs> recovering. You're more recovered than I am, um, at least from my perspective. But I'm still working on it because I still want to make sure that everybody else is taken care of. Everybody else is in their little spot. Everybody has everything taken care of. And then there's me. And I'm like, well, all right. So now it's Saturday and it's midnight. And now I get to focus on me and the whole week has been about everybody else. And that actually happened last week. Mm -hmm. And I beat myself up about it because I know better. And a lot of why I know better is actually from meeting you. Oh, bless you. That's very, I'm not very kidding. Sweet. I'm not kidding. I think, well, you know, my, I, you know, your book, <laughs> this is what it looks like now. There's no cover because it's chewed up by dogs and me. And it, it, it really was. And it's, and I've listened to our episode with you and me on my show multiple times. And as a reminder about people pleasing, because it is, it is detrimental to every aspect of our life. I mean, I don't care what it is. If you're people pleaser, you are not taking care of yourself. Yeah. That's it. And I think a lot of that, um, there's a, there's a couple of things there that I, I really want to speak to. One is that brutal honesty. Honesty doesn't actually need to be brutal. People have this idea <laughs> in some places that honesty is brutal. 
But actually, if you're being honest and you're doing it with love, there is no brutality to it. You're not going in and clubbing them with it. You're (laughs) going in, hopefully, gently. And I think that is one of the things that when we get into that spiritual and self-development that we realize honesty is just honesty. And it's that kindness, the clarity. This is how I feel about this. You want my honest position. This is where I feel about it. And I think people excusing abuse, it also comes back to they would then have to make changes that they're not willing to make. Oh, yeah. I feel like if people saw and stood up to some of that abuse, they would have to change who they are to be able to see that. And again, that people pleasing, I think, comes into it as well in that, oh, better keep, oh, that's the decision they've made, so we better run with it. (laughs) So I love what you say and going, I'm not co-signing that stuff anymore. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. And I'm not doing it with my sweetie. I'm not doing it with my parents. I'm not doing it with my friends. I'm like, because because when when we are co-signing bullshit for other people, it actually ends up being just as bad for us because now we've taken on a bit of this and a bit of that from all of these people that we're saying yes to when we should be saying no, no, no. And now it's just these little tiny things that get planted in our, you know, like the body keeps the score. Mm. It's not just our body keeping the score of things that we've done. It's all of these other outside influences that are within our bod. You know, we, as you know, I, you know, I come from a very traumatic background. I've been, I've been raped and pillaged. Like it's just been horrible, <laughs> literally raped and pillaged. And, you know, you go through everything. And as I've done my show, the pain game podcast, as I've gone through that, I've learned so much about myself, my weaknesses, my strengths, where I'm like, wow, I did not know that by co-signing that, it was actually way worse for me than it was for the other person. And I've just been learning so much about myself and how to demessify those kinds of relationships. And I have let go of so many toxic relationships since I started my show, like an unbelievable amount. I'm like, how did I have this many people that are toxic in my life? <laughs> just like I'm not CRPS, I am not toxic people. I, mm. I'm I'm just not gonna let it happen anymore. And as soon as you open that that little tiny that little tiny box and just let a little bit out, like you said, let the bubbles out. <laughs> yeah, before it explodes. <laughs> let a little yeah. bit out. Let a little air before everything explodes. It has been far more better for me. It's empowering. Mm. I stand on Thelma and Louise with more grace and more strength, and I have better conversations with myself instead of those negative, yucky conversations that we end up, the self, the self, you know, our narratives and our negative self-talk. So much of that has diminished by removing these things and removing these people and removing toxic, toxic stuff in our world. It's, it's, it's empowering to do that. It's not easy. Change is not easy, especially when you have to look at yourself in the fucking mirror and you're like, wow, wow, Lindy, did you do that? (laughs) What the hell is wrong with you? Oh, yeah, I I get that all the time. Oh, my God, here I go again. (laughs) Here we go again. I thought I fixed that problem. I guess I didn't. But that's okay. As long as we are able to say that to ourselves and recognize, whoa, okay, well, okay, well, you did it. Well, let's fix it again. You know, let's try fixing it again and maybe do it a different way. 
reach out to somebody in your circle that might give you better advice. Like call an Amanda, call a Lindsay. Like we're the people that are going to be like, mm -mm -mm. <laughs> have you thought and about then at, yeah. Have you thought about this one or two things? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love I also, you. <laughs> I, I, there was a word that you used there that I sit with quite a bit and that's grace. Yes. Speak to how you've managed to have more grace for yourself, more self-compassion and what that looks like for you or what that feels like for you. That's a great question. Um, in fact, last night I was texting with one of my girlfriends and she was, she was just like, I have to take care of all of this. She's pregnant with her sixth child. Oh, oh God, girlfriend. And she told me, I'm like, oh my gosh. And she's like, I have so much going on. I've got this. I got this. And I said, give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace, Melissa, because she's running so many things and so many kids and so much of this and so much of that. But for me, I, that giving myself some grace is taking a beat. So for me, I use take a beat a lot. Like Lindsay, you need to just take a beat right now and like separate yourself from whatever is winding you up and figure out what really is the issue at hand. Um, I had a, a situation that happened last week with my sweetie's boss and she's a complete see you next Tuesday. And I mean, like the ultimate see you next Tuesday. And I was very, very affected by what she was doing to both me and my sweetie. And, you know, I stepped back and I was like, this isn't my problem. This has nothing to actually do with me. Even though it was all being put on me, like it was me, it actually wasn't. And so when I've been able to notice where people are putting their own shit on me, giving myself that grace and stepping back for a minute and taking a deep breath and going, Hey, this isn't about you. You have to let that go. And it's hard to do. It's hard to let it go, especially when you're a people pleaser, especially when you're, you know, freaking type A and you're going, 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 and you're always showing up no matter how bad you feel or how good you feel. You're always there. That moment of grace, it, it, it's, it's like a shot of vodka, guys. It is like amazing. It just relaxes you for a minute. Taking a deep breath, journaling a little bit, doing something for yourself, even if it's just the smallest of things, five minutes with your feet in the grass is like unreal. And I don't know why it is. <laughs> I don't know why those things, those moments of grace that you give yourself work the way that they do, but they do. And they've shifted so much, not only with my show and my relationships, but also with my business, because I used to get all riled up with clients that were, you know, pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. I'm like, you know what? I'm only a human being. I can only get done this, that, and the other. If you want me to complete this task and this project or whatever it is, then you're going to have to figure out something else for this part because I can't do all of that. And that's actually something that I learned from you as well. And um, it, it's just like, I'm not going to be able to give every single aspect of me to you. I'm not because then I'm just going to fade into the ether and I'm going to be nothing. So adding that gracefulness to our day-to-day, -day, even but for a minute or two here and there helps exponentially. It just shifts me, at least from my perspective. It shifts no. me. I think that's absolutely incredible. And part of it, you know, when you talk about putting your feet on the grass is you become present yes. instead of being in the future or being in the past, your energetic body is able to be like here now. And that's yeah. where some of those simple things, and you mentioned it before the baby steps, you know, you're looking at doing those changes through baby steps. And I often say that it's those simple steps that create the quantum leaps in our life. Yeah. I put in those things that give me a one or 2% shift 
And, you know, three weeks later, I'm between 20 and 40% yeah. away from where I was before. Yeah. Because I've put in those shifts that make, so, and you, when you look back, then you go, holy crap, I've made this massive leap. But yeah. it's not a massive leap because you've been doing it in baby steps. And so I think that's really important. And especially that being present, taking yourself, ta- you know, as you say, taking a beat, that's that moment to step back and go, okay, where am I right now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> and you can do that. What check-in. the fuck am I doing right now in this universe? <laughs> yeah. But the check-in can't happen if we're living in the future and living in the past. So we have to take that beat and come back to the present. So I really, really like that. How has you running your marketing business changed with the diagnosis that you've had? And I know, you know, a diagnosis is just a label that we're we're putting on things. But in terms of you then bringing that lived wisdom that you've had of being in your body how has that changed the way that you do your business um well it's been challenging because we've there have been a lot of things that happen not just from crps but i i fall a lot i hit my head i've got like the massive concussion thing and black eyes that happened a couple months ago (laughs) you know from social dear lord (laughs) um there have been some challenges but what i've done is i've really come down to with my business i was always 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 there always didn't matter what time of the freaking day didn't matter what day of the week it was no matter what my clients got a response for me Mm -hmm. on email or a phone call or a project being done on time, early, whatever. It was never late. I was never off a deadline, whatever, because I'm deadline oriented anyways. And I respect people's time and all that stuff. What I've done is I've stepped back from being there all the time. I am not available on Sundays. Don't fucking text me something you need me to do on a Sunday. Don't do it. So I put some rules in place and some boundaries in place with all of my clients. And it was very hard to do because when you're an entrepreneur like yourself, where you're like, well, it's me. I mean, I've got a couple employees and so on and so forth, but it's not enough to do like all of the things that I need to get accomplished, my God. And I'm like, guys, I just want to, there's a shift that's happening. And not only did I do a shift in, I'm not available on Saturday and Sunday. That's not happening. I can still work if I want to, but I'm not available for people's response, you know, to get back with them. That was a big game changer for me. And every single one of my clients, I had a conversation with them about it. I said, this is what's mm-hmm. happening. I am pulling back from being available to you 24 hours a freaking day. I'm not yeah. doing it because it's killing me. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I made that shift, I was like, huh, I'm really not quite as busy as I thought I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't have to work today because I told people I'm not going to be available. And that was a big, big shift for me. And I also increased my prices. And so I had a conversation and I said, I've been working with you for 10 years. Mm. I have not raised my rates for 10 years, but everybody else has and everything costs more. And so that was a big shift too. And that was hard for me to do because I've always worked for, I've always gone, been underpaid for the amount of work that I do to a certain extent. Mm. I mean, I do well, but I've always been like, oh, I'll just throw that in, you know? But that's a little bit of the entrepreneur where we're like, we're always afraid. We're always afraid. We don't want it. We want to make sure peoplepleasing.com pictures of Amanda and Lindsay, go check it out. (laughs) It's it's one of those things where you, I've always been that way since, I mean, I started my business when I was, you know, 21 years old. I'm going to be 45 on Friday. 
Yay. I'm yeah. going to be 45. I'm halfway to 90. So what the hell does that mean? So, Do you know, I, I said had... the same thing when I turned 45 in April. Is it you... Yeah, that's Somebody right. Went, that's a really weird way to describe it. And I said, no, it's not. It is not because I've never seen myself being 90 years old ever. So I'm like, so I'm more than halfway dead. Great. No, but it was just one of those things that I needed to make this decision for myself so that I could bring on additional clients that were giving me more joy. And so I've been letting some clients go. I've been changing the amount of work that I'm doing for this. I'm saying, no, like, I don't, I don't actually enjoy doing this part of it. So let's find somebody else to replace me for this part of the business. And it's been like game changing for me. It's awesome. I'm like, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, I don't have 72,000 emails from this particular client. This is awesome. <laughs> Cause I boundaried them. Yeah. I boundaried them. And that was something that was very hard because we rely, especially as women, we, re, we you know, strong women hear me where I can take care of myself. I don't need a man, which is true, which mm -hmm. is true. I need, I want a man. I don't need him. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, I do to a certain extent, but when it comes from a monetary perspective, I'm fine on my own two feet. And that's something that my dad ingrained in me. And that's also part of where the people pleasing and overworking all that came from too. So it's a really, it's a really tricky balance when you get there. But once you finally feel empowered that you can say no, it's like a game changer. At least for me, it was, it was like, I can't believe I said no. Yeah. Oh, it's a frightening word to start it learning is. when you've lived yeah. to yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, in every place, good, bad, or ugly, I was a yes person. Oh, yes. 100%. And I think that is part of that big life lesson that you, we've got to learn because yeah. things do change when we start to put those boundaries in place. But it's interesting. Um, one of the things that I've only learned this year is the difference between boundaries and standards. And it sounds like you've done a bit of both. Boundaries is what we impose on others. So when you first change your business, it's imposing that boundary on them. But then it's raising your standards. So some of those things yes. just don't actually affect you anymore because your standards so much higher. Yep, absolutely. And that comes from inside. That comes from this work that you do that goes, hang on a minute. I don't know why I'm putting up with this. I actually deserve better here and I want yeah. better for myself. So I absolutely, oh yeah. I, I love that boundary love versus standards. That's awesome. We're having mm. the same thing with my sweetie with his business or his um his job. He's been in, in broadcasting for 30 years and all of a sudden being on air for 30 years, all of a sudden he's in the middle of a complete standards raising the bar now. Yeah. And he's been treated like poo for so long. And now he's like, all of a sudden he's like, I am sticking up for myself. That is what I am doing. Mm -hmm. I am sticking up for myself. My standards are higher. You are not going to, he, he actually has been a people pleaser too, which if you, if anybody had met him, they'd be like, what? No way. <laughs> and, and, and so there's shift and he's, you know, he's 71 mm -hmm. and he is now raising his bar. So you're, you're not too old to start raising the bar, <laughs> but he feels so good. Like I can feel him lighter over the past couple of weeks as he's made some really hard decisions. And so it can happen at any point in your life. That's what I'm saying. Do you know, I loved it actually, when I've done my archetypal life coaching, we've got people who are, I think one of the ladies was 70 and I'm going, yes, I love, I love that it. people are still wanting to change, wanting to make their life different and better yeah. even then, because a lot of people will go, I can't, can't be bothered. I'm too old now or whatever it is. 
well, and everyone's like, oh, well, you can't change him. Cause I'm like, I'm not trying to change him. He's trying to change himself. That, that is, I mean, there's, there's empowerment and there's support and there's all that from me, but mm. I'm not like, you need to do this. No, that, that's, that's not who I am. That's not how we are as a couple, but it's really, really interesting to see that shift in him. And I'm like, whoa, this, where's this dude been yeah. <laughs> doing it simultaneously, which is neat. Cause we're just kind of like lifting each other up and going, no, 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 Lindsay, don't do that. No, 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 don't do that. You know, so it can happen whenever you want it to in your life. You just need to make the choice, you know, make yeah. the change baby yeah. steps. You don't eat yeah. an elephant all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want to eat an elephant anyway, but no. you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. <laughs> the other thing that you've mentioned is about having your relationship with pain. Mm. And so often when we talk about relationships, we always think it's that relationship to other people or our relationship to self. So talk to me a little bit about that relationship with pain. How do you manage that as a relationship? Because I think it's perfect wording. Yeah, that, but that's tough. Manifest? Yeah, it's tough. Um, that's that's a big one. Mm. Um, it, well, my relationship starts at about four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and I've either been laying in bed all night and got no sleep. Um, or I did no matter what, I have to make a decision in the morning. And that was something that took forever for me to get to, to a place where, okay, we have to show up today. How are we going to do it? So I do like a little assessment with my bod and I'm like, all right, so my feet are where it's worse. And so the, my least favorite moment of my day is having to put my feet on the ground in the morning. It's like the most painful thing. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to be able to do this. I know what it's going to feel like. I know the relationship with that moment. And mm. I know that at the end of the night, when I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix or I'm doing whatever, I've made it through that day and I'm going to be fine. However, those first like five minutes when I put my feet on the ground are the hardest, but I lean up to it. So I like lean into my relationship with how I'm going to get through. I look at my calendar on my phone. Here are the things I need to do. These are the people I'm talking to. These are my assignments for the day for my, whatever it is, you know, all the things I need to accomplish. And I just kind of compartmentalize how I'm going to organize my day and how I'm going to use my legs and my body. And do I need to be in my wheelchair for part of this day today? Or should I just push on through? And most of the time I'm pushing on through, but weeks like last week, I was wheelchair bound 100%. And it is all stress-based. 100%. I can have something stressful happen and my pain raises instantaneously. So for me, for managing, number one is I have to work better on stress management. I mean, it just is. Mm. And how can I do that when there are outside stressors that we have no control over? That's the challenge. Mm -hmm. So my pain management with other people causing stress in my life is my biggest challenge. And it's something that I'm working on. But for me on my day to day, I can work through whatever I need to based on me making the decision to do it and just say, you've got this, you got this. And even if it's tw every 20 seconds that I say, you got this, you got this show up, you got this show up. That, that is really <laughs> might sound simple, but that is the way that I have a relationship with my pain. Because if I don't do it that way, then I'm focusing on how bad I feel instead of what can we accomplish today? Don't push yourself in this place because you might be having a higher pain level today but wow, you're feeling great. Still don't push yourself too much because I know what happens when I push too much. So it's really like this little balance that I've had to go through and not one day that's on the planet of mine is the same. 
So it's, it's kind of like, a, <laughs> well, it's a pain game. I play a game with myself every day to get me through the things I need to get through as, as, in as healthy of a way as I can with as bubbly and fantastic as I can possibly be, but also give myself grace that I need to sob. Like I hurt so bad, let yourself cry it out. And then you're like, wow. I mean, women, we know we cry in the shower, right? <laughs> cry in the shower, sob ugly and get out and put your mascara on and put your panties on and let's just do this thing. And it's not easy, but it, that, that's how I relate with my pain because I'm not gonna let it win. I'm not gonna let it win. Just like I'm not gonna let the people in my lives that cause stressors win. I'm not letting them win. Because if we do, then we're screwed. I mean, we're completely screwed. If we let them dictate how we feel about ourselves and how we work in our lives and how we're experiencing life, they don't know how we're ex experiencing our own lives. I always, I always say, I'd love them to just put 30 minutes in my feet and my body, 30. Wow, would they shift how they feel. <laughs> They'd be far more grateful for the things that they have. And that's also another thing I do in relationship to pain management is I feel grateful that I'm not in other people's positions when it comes to what they have or pain. I've got one of my closest friends is a quadriplegic. And so whenever I feel really like boohoo, I literally go to her Instagram page and I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good because she has so much, so many challenges and a baby and all of these things. It's like, it's nuts. Mm -hmm. So it's really, I'm a Gemini. So it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a twin situation, how I deal with my pain. And some of it is lovely and some of it is a little ugly, but at the end of the day, I still show up and I still bring the best that I possibly can to be as joyful as I can, as grateful as I can for what I've been given. And I'll tell you, if it wasn't for CRPS coming into my life, I don't even know if I'd be the person that I am right now. I have no idea. I look at it as a blessing, not a curse. So that's my relationship. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing that you mentioned. A lot of these things do come into our life as the blessing. It's when we see it as a blessing that that's it right. can change. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I look at I look at all of my past experience as as those blessings and the fact that I've navigated them and yeah, it's been hard and you do, you keep showing up and keep showing up. How do you go with, with those days when you do need to rest? Uh, are you able to extend that same grace to yourself? I am. And that was not something that came easy. Like today I'm like, okay, I've got X, Y, and Z. It's, it's a holiday here in the United States of America. And <laughs> we're so blessed to live here. Um, no, but the, when today's a holiday. And so the only thing I'm doing today is you. And I gave myself the rest of the day to not, and I'm giving myself a day off, which I never would do ever. I don't take holidays off. I don't do that stuff. I always just work, 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 work. Am I going to do a couple things? Probably, but it's mostly going to just be on my podcast because that gives me so much joy. It's the thing that gives me joy. And all I do is spend money on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all I want to do because all I want to do is sit and talk with people about their lives and, and share these stories. And that gives me hope and gives me joy and gives me grace. And I am taking some time off and I'm going away for four weeks for a vacation. I'm taking it all off. I know. I'm like, what? That's the longest time I've ever not like been in my world. That's nuts. And so it's a little hectic over the next two weeks while I'm prepping to do that, but it's going to be so worth it because I'm not bringing my computer with me. I'm not doing anything. We're just 
France and Italy in it up. <laughs> oh, that sounds incredible. Goodness. And it's not easy though, because especially entrepreneurs, especially women, we go, 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 you know, and we do need to take that break and we do need to just sit on and put a rom-com on and laugh and cry and, you know, drink some wine or whatever. That's what I'm going to do today. <laughs> oh, I love it. I think that's so, so important. Um, so going into, I guess, the more spiritual aspect, first of all, I want to ask you, what's your understanding of spirituality and how do you experience that in your life? Um, well, from a spiritual perspective, I am, well, I'm not, I'm not religious in any way. I'm agnostic. I don't necessarily believe, well, none of us know. So believe it or not, we don't, and, <laughs> um, we don't. And I have faith in there's a reason why we're here. And that's how I live. There's a reason why we get the chills. There's a reason why we forge friendships with the people that we do from Australia to California. I mean, it was instantaneous. There yeah. is a reason why people come into our lives that things happen to us, good, bad, or ugly. And the reason that we were attracted to people, the reason why we, we do get the chills, the reason why we experience life the way we do. For me, my spiritual aspect is much more universe oriented. You know, it's not... There's a God, there's a this, there, there's no like, oh, you're going to hell. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> and if so, that's where all the fun people are anyway. So, you know, <laughs> hey, everybody, that was fun. <laughs> For me, though, it, it's really being more in touch with me and what how I feel about my place on this earth and how I want to contribute to my world and the people that are within it. And that's how, at least how I do it. It's not super woo woo. It's not, you know, I don't have all kinds of bells and whistles and things going on and, you know, song bowls and all the sound bowls and all the stuff, but I'm not against any of that. I think it's wonderful energy work and the feeling that you get from changing your energy and from tapping and all those things. I'm, I'm more in tune with that part of spirituality than I am from a religious perspective. Well, I'm just not religious at all. So yeah. religion kind of, religion kind of screwed me up. So. <laughs> and I think it's interesting because when you look at the binary of the heaven and hell, and you go, well, so you've got to be this pious, you know, godly person yourself, or you're going to hell. Hang on a minute. Where's this middle ground of gray that we all live in completely? That's right. Yeah. It's purely a way to control and all that. Well, and it's, it's also very idea. scary. It's very hmm, scary. It's and terrifying. Being, I was raised in a Christian home and my parents are right wing <laughs> supporters. Um, and, and so it was a challenge growing up cause I just, I was in the church and I was there and it was no matter what you are always shamed and you're feeling guilty and you're all these things for being who you are. And for me, I was like, I don't understand this. You're bringing me to a church where all of my girlfriends have been molested by our youth pastor. So this is the safe spot that I'm supposed to be in. And so I just went, I'm done. Like I, I, I can't do this. I tried to dabble back in at a certain time in my life where I was going through some struggles that actually made it worse. Um, that, Hey, I'm not poo-pooing people that believe whatever no. you believe is whatever you believe. I just don't believe the same. And that's okay. You're, you're that's okay. You're allowed to feel yeah. how you feel and you're allowed to believe how you believe, but don't put your shit on everybody else. I think this is a really interesting I mean... point. One is I, I completely agree. You know, I, I know you part do. of what turned me off was everyone would go into church, be holier than thou. And I used to love that bit, the, the singing where you could feel the energy change. Sure. But then 
you'd walk out and everyone would be the same asshole they were before they walked in and there's 100%. no change. And then there's the, you know, all the hands in the air. Hands are in the air. Then they get to the parking lot and they're honking and flipping off somebody. You're like, wow, well done, Jesus. Well done. Bravo. <laughs> there's too much human element in it and you know but i think it's and i think it's really interesting um obviously most people who either listen to me or are you know attracted to the work that i do it isn't about that religion it's about that relationship to self and how we navigate the world and knowing that you know i always say there's got to be a higher power than us because if we're it we're all screwed but call it what you want infinite wisdom yeah. source universe god goddess like i actually yeah, don't whatever care you what want you to call, call it, it i don't either yeah. give it whatever name you want but it's also learning those lessons of being more self-loving and and all of that which which i completely agree with and it's interesting actually when you were saying you know about not having the bells and the whistles and the singing bowls i spent so much money when i first started studying I know you did. that's why i said it on all of the things and do you know the more i've practiced the less i use all the stuff huh. there's a few bits that i'll use i do use singing bowls because sound raises vibration really fast i so. use some oils and things but it's so so much of it is about getting people in their body and actually rubbing those body points for corrections or doing other corrections that allow people to have some tools to take with them out in the big wide world so that when they're not in my clinic space they can deal with the shit that's thrown at them (laughs) rather than oh i'm under i need your singing bowl (laughs) Yeah. And not everybody is the same. Like some people love the sound bowls, some like, and I do as well. Um, but like for me, every morning I meditate for somewhere between 30 to 45 minutes in my own way. Is it what you're supposed to do? Like, don't be scared about the word meditation. All right. Like you don't have to be this big yogi that sits in, you know, um, (laughs) for three hours at a time and says nothing and thinks nothing come on, we've got too much shit going on in our brains that we can sit for that long, especially within our culture. We're not monks, (laughs) but it's like, I meditate and I meditate in my own way. And I do, I I get in my infrared sauna because I'm a multitasker. I mean, I'm too type A. I've got to get a lot done at the same time. So I have an infrared sauna. I get in every single morning and I sweat my, my little tatas off and I either read in there. I also meditate. I rub like oils all over me. And I've got all these little trinkets in there that mean something to me, some stuff from the past, some stuff in the future, some stuff that represents my future. And I just kind of like get in my space and I get focused. If I miss it, my day is totally different. It is nuts. Yeah. And last week was one of those weeks. I had no time in the morning. It was a long story. That's for Mm. another day, but (laughs) I did not meditate one time last week. And man, oh man, was my week affected by it. I was not centered. I didn't feel graceful. My pain was through the roof. My, I was unable to handle everything. I felt overwhelmed because I didn't take that time to breathe and center and go through what I knew I was going to need for the day. Like today I was like, like I manifested so many things for you and me today. Like I did. And I was in there. I was like, namaste, Lindsay, namaste. Like I was just intentional about my day. And when I'm not intentional and I go in in chaos, then guess what you get? 
yeah. chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I'm, anger I'm much and the frustration, same. and you don't eat, and you don't sleep, and you're drinking too much, or whatever. Like it is what it is. If you just don't start your day with the right intention, it doesn't have to be 45 minutes. It can be three minutes for crying out loud. It's just as soon as I made that shift to do that meditation part, oh, it's amazing the wisdom that I find. I mean, yeah. it is unreal. It really is. It's quietening all the shit around you just to have time to be you. Yeah. And I, cause that's my beach walk in the morning. I will I sometimes have my earphones in and I mean, we're coming into the worst time of year for it, but I bought what's called a Nordic robe and it's made from recycled plastic bottles and it's got a big hood and it comes down just past my knees but it's windproof and my partner said oh my god they're the best investment we've ever made oh my god he's got one as well because you send me your beach pictures all the time (laughs) yeah you're coming up to (laughs) you're coming up to the nordic robe time it's um but it means that i can walk in all weathers i don't need to worry about what it is it's fabulous but i can stay warm and dry and most of the time i'll have a tank top on underneath and that's it even in the coldest of our winter gloves of course because my hands get freezing what about skivvies are you wearing any panties oh well that's for another show (laughs) well (laughs) nobody knows what's happening on these seats over here ladies you know what when i've got shorts on people are never sure I told her that I wore my tank top up for her today instead of my bottoms are just, you know, what I want. <laughs> but I the love joys that. of podcasting. <laughs> I know. It's fabulous. I love it. But that's the thing. It's not about having a quiet head because we can't quiet it all. It's about observing no. what's going on in there, trying to make some sense of it, being the I observer like so that we can have a little look. Because I thought I was doing meditation wrong for so many years. So many years I thought I was screwing it up because I don't always get the vision. Sometimes I do, but my clairvoyance isn't my strongest sense. So I will feel it. I will. And I thought I was meditating wrong because I couldn't, when they were taking me through a guided meditation, I couldn't see the things. I'm like, I can't do this. (laughs) Same for me. (laughs) I didn't do it for years. But then it's recognizing that it's just sitting and being with yourself. And I think that was the hardest thing for me to get okay with. Well, it's hard to sit with yourself. I mean, yeah. it is, um, especially, well, I can speak for myself, especially when you've been through the things that you've been through and mm. done the things that I've done, good, bad, and ugly. And I know I say that all the time, but man, I have not been a perfect person. I have done a lot of crazy stuff. Oh, yeah. and, and a lot of that could be part of why my diagnosis happened. I have accepted that a lot of the rebellious stuff that I did and a lot of the shenanigans I got into did play into a part of this. There's so many reasons because CRPS is so hard to diagnose and it's so hard to understand. I've accepted that there are some things that I have done in my past that might contribute to that. But as soon as I accepted that and forgave myself for X, Y, and Z, that was a game changer for me. Cause I was like, okay, you aren't the little skanky hoe that you were, you know, <laughs> like you weren't whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, not little skanky hoe, but a mini skank. No, but like I, I did a lot of things. I did a lot of drugs. I had a lot of sex, a lot of rock and roll. I did all of that stuff at a very young age. And a lot of that came because I was so traumatized as a kid with a lot of things that happened to me there that was out of my control. And so rebellious as I was, you know, I do figure that those are a lot of things that have contributed to my health. 
well, I'm now that I have forgiven myself for that stuff and I've moved forward with a lot of that. Wow. Is it different? Because now I love myself where I didn't before. Not even for a minute. Did I love myself? Not a minute. You would never guess it. In high school, I was super popular. I was in all the clubs. I was the high school, you know, baseball team with my, the pitcher was my boyfriend and you know, like, I was all of these things, super good in school, got great grades, got into school, MBA, whatever. I've done all of that stuff to be proud of me of what I've done from an accomplishment perspective, but still at the back of my mind and inside my heart and soul, I knew there were a lot of things that had happened to me or a lot of things that I had done that I needed to forgive myself for. And until I got there, I wasn't going to be in, an, in a good enough space to heal. Yeah. And so here we are in a place where we actually can heal. And it took a long time to get there. And it's yeah. scary. It's very scary. It's very scary to look at yourself in the mirror and go, Ooh. oh, yeah, we spoke about that a little bit before <laughs> that, that, that mirror, the self-reflective aspect. And somebody said to me once, and it was probably the biggest compliment in so many ways that I'd ever had. She just said, I cannot believe how self-reflective you are. It's the reason you've done the healing that you've done. Wow. Yeah. Because I've been willing to put my hand up and go, I really screwed that up. I yeah. could have been a better person. But also learning the fact at the same time that I've always done the best I could with the tools I had available to me at the time. So yeah. even when I was being an unresourceful asshole and hurting <laughs> the people around me, I was still yeah. doing the best I could. Yeah. And it's a really challenging one. I want to ask you about that word forgiveness. What does that mean for you? Or what does that look like for you or feel like? depending on which um, sense you use. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a big weighted question. Um, it depends actually. Mm. So forgiving myself is far harder than forgiving others. And I'm with um, you on that. <laughs> dear Lord, man, like the stuff that has happened to me, especially with my sweetie, we've been through a lot of trials and tribulations in our many, many years together. The fact that I have forgiven him for some of the stuff that happened within our relationship, people are like, what? Like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not. I love this man. It is what it is. So that was easier. Taking taking inventory of myself and sitting down, I literally had to do it kind of bit by bit. And I'm using your word bit because we don't use that here. Bit by bit. <laughs> bit by bit. We um, It was just one thing I chose. And I kind of like went, okay, we're going to just focus on this little part and we're going to explore that. And we're going to journal about it. We're going to read about it. We're going to meditate, whatever and try to figure out why that even happened, what happened to you or what did you do? What, whatever you felt like I needed to forgive myself for. And it was just a little chunk at a time. I couldn't just go, I forgive myself for everything. Yeah. You know, as much as I want to say, I am the Lord Jesus Christ and I can turn <laughs> water into wine. I am unable to do so. Cause if I could turn water into wine, this would be the best thing on the planet. <laughs> but I'm like, it, it, it had to be bit by bit because I couldn't do the whole body. I couldn't do the whole mind. I couldn't do the whole spirit. I had to focus on the most important thing that I needed to get forgive myself for. Mm. And then that was the biggest one. And then after that, it was like a freaking waterfall. It was like one thing after another that I was like, huh, I have, I've been holding on to that this whole time. And it was this big, but I made it this big. Yeah. And you know, the, the overwhelm, you know, being overwhelmed. We have a choice to be overwhelmed. We don't have to be. Mm. That's something that's new in my mantras lately, by the way. That's why I'm bringing it up. If <laughs> I can choose to not be overwhelmed mm. with the things that are occurring in my life or the things that happened in the past or the things that are coming up, you can choose to not be. You can choose to be present. You can choose to say, all right, well, that sucked, but okay. 
let's work on how we're going to forgive ourselves and forgive others, you know, within that situation. But my, my, my whole part of it is I needed to do it bit by bit, just a little bit at a time. Don't, don't try to do it all at one time because you'll fail. If you try to do it all at one time, you will absolutely fail. It's just like (laughs) dieting or whatever. Like you're like, I'm going to stop eating all of this. Guess what? No, you're not. You're actually going to end up eating all of it and then some. (laughs) Oh, it's all those baby steps that we talked about earlier. And I think that's beautiful because forgiveness, it's interesting as you were talking, I keep being reminded there's this note that I made on the page. We actually have a process for working through forgiveness in um, kinesiology. And I made a note when we were in class of what do you need to grieve to get to forgiveness? And often when that tests up in clinic, it's actually not for that mode, it's for that statement. Because often we need to grieve either a part of ourselves we didn't honor or we need to grieve something that we could have done that we didn't or we need to, there's there's this part of us that actually needs to grieve something yeah. for us to be able to move through to forgiveness. And that for me has been one of the most powerful realizations is, okay, I hate that I did that. But as you said, why did I do it? What led to it? What's all the mess around it? Yeah. And is there something in that that I need to grieve? And that has made so many breakthroughs for myself personally. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And grieving, grieving is, is a legit thing. Like you, you don't know how sad you are about something or how upset you are about something until you actually face it and decide you're going to grieve. And then you're like, I had no idea that that was that heavy in my life, even something so simple. And then there's other things that you think are so big. And then you're like, Wait a second, that's not even big at all. This thing <laughs> over here. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell kind of topsy turvy world do we live in? <laughs> like they say, don't sweat the small stuff. Give me a break. I am going to sweat the small stuff because sometimes that's the stuff that's actually in the way of us moving forward are these little tiny bits in the way. Now I'm just going to say bits for the rest of my life. <laughs> forward I will only use the word bits (laughs) but if you think about it it's that sand that's irritating the oyster Ooh, look at you it's that it is that tiny thing sometimes that irritates us and I know often enough you know when I'm walking the beach and I've thrown the ball and I get a bit of sand in my mouth or whatever and you just can't find it it's like the princess and the there's a little tiny pea on 120 mattresses and that's the one thing we feel and it it is totally true and even like with my feet for example like i literally can step on a piece of sand and and i can't walk barefoot but with Mm -hmm. when i do if i do it is so incredibly painful but if i step on something large that that covers like my entire foot or my entire space it's less it makes Mm -hmm. no sense but it is and I love that about the sand and the oyster. Very well done. Mm-hmm. Bravo. Thank you. That was not my inspiration. It just sometimes Thank comes you. through. <laughs> so you mentioned Give yourself before, some grace, woman. <laughs> you mentioned before about, you know, your body getting the chills and all of that. I yeah. term that more intuition. How has your intuition changed as you've gone through this path of obviously, you know, I guess being unaware or whatever we talk about it as in those spiritual terms and being asleep or whatever they call it 
to waking up going, there is something bigger here. I'm getting this CRPS symptoms Mm -hmm. for a reason. This is becoming a blessing in my life. How's that shifted? Well, one of the things in regards to CRPS and something that I'm learning, in fact, I'm learning it every single day, is there are so many contributing factors to it. And when I've looked at trauma and what it causes from such a young age, we're talking nine years old, um, and, and now I'm 45, facing the music of all of these things that have been contributing factors to it, some within my my own, you know, my own decision making, mm. a lot of it without, you know, you're raped and you're beaten up and you're abused. I mean, it kind of sits with you for a while. <laughs> when I started Absolutely. to accept that a lot of these things that happened to me when I was a little girl and even into college years was not my fault, that was a huge shift for me, a huge shift for me. Um, and it, it was something that, that has helped me in my world go forward in regards to letting things go. Um, cause that's really hard to, I'll oh, just let go. I'll oh, just let go. You know, I have parents that say, well, just, just forget about it. Oh, okay. Let's just do that. Why don't we just forget about it? That sounds like a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> forgive and forget. No, actually that whole break. forgive and forget thing does not fly for me <laughs> because if I forget, then guess what? I'm going to end up in the same bloody situation again. And I'm yep. not doing that yep. <laughs> And until I decided, until I decided that I was going to talk about what happened to me. Um, which started with my show. So we're talking, I started my show almost a year ago. I just started talking about it and started talking about the things because I wasn't going to be able to be honest and vulnerable and organic with my show, with my guests, if I wasn't willing to share my own shit. But as soon as I started opening up and not being afraid anymore that I was going to be judged for things that were in my control or out of my control, as soon as I hit that spot, and I'm not 100% sure when it happened, but it happened within the past year, just kind of like, I have no problem talking about it. It is so awesome. It's like, I can talk to anybody about being raped. What? (laughs) And I laugh while I'm saying this right now, not because it's funny, but because it's like, I feel joyful that I am able to finally express what happened and share and work through how that contributed to all of the decisions that I made go forward. And all of these things that I did that followed and all of these relationships that followed with parents, with siblings, with this, that, and the other, it, 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 it is the most empowering thing that I've ever experienced. I mean, it just is, you know, letting yourself feel free is hard to do, but man, talking about it is amazing. It's just, it's, it's freaking. I heard, I heard a statement the other day on another podcast I was listening to and they said, who does the silence benefit? Because people talk to you about not airing your dirty laundry and not sharing that because you're going to hurt somebody. But who is the silence actually benefiting? Because it's not benefiting the victims. It's not benefiting those that things have happened to. And by speaking about it, we're shedding light on what actually happened, why some of these things are as just shocking as they are. But the silence only benefits the abusers. Yep. Because they can keep abusing. That's right. They can. And all of those people, you know, again, going full circle into that. And how does all this play into your intuition? How have you found your intuitive senses as you've freed up 
the ability to speak, the ability to have a relationship with pain and navigate your life as challenging as it is. How does your intuition play into that? Well, for starters, I de- it, I'm going to circle back to the word no, because mm-hmm. it has it has made me more aware of not being afraid and not feeling shame and not feeling guilt. Those are, those are like me. I I have major safety issues. I still do. That's something that I'm working through, but I'm more intuitive in regards to putting myself into situations or having conversations with people that I know that are going to be a negative experience. So I just won't go into them. I get, I get the feels, you know, I'm like, Ooh, nope. I'm that person's out that, that experience is out. That project is out. I, I have much more my, my tingly senses, you know, my spidey senses are fire more heightened than they were before, because now I've got these, like, I hate to use the word trigger because it's so overused now, but I have things that I know will trigger something. Mm. And instead of going, well, I guess that's just what I have to deal with. Instead, I'm like, no. Mm. And I shut it down. And, and I'm doing that everywhere. And sometimes I'm not even aware, like that's, that's a difficult question. Cause I'm thinking in my brain, I'm like, oh my gosh, cause it, I, I am doing it in so many more places. Just even during this conversation, I'm thinking about all of these places where I'm doing, I'm doing the things I'm doing this work. And I didn't even know how much I've been doing it. And that is amazing because it is making me look at things just from a different, or a different skew from a different angle and helping me to develop more joyful responses to the people in my world and also choosing more joyful experiences and letting like, I'm not going to put myself in that position. If you want to go do that, I'm just not going to join you. Mm -hmm. Or if you want to start this new project or whatever, I'm just not going to join you on that because it's not going to benefit me. It's not going to be good for me. It's not good for my health. It's not good for my mental health. It's not good for my bod. And it's a slow, gradual thing, but like I'm sitting here thinking about like a million things going on in my head it, my intuition has gotten so much more hypersensitive in a good way, Mm. in a good way, because I've always been hypersensitive, but I would say probably not in a good way. Yeah. (laughs) Negative and bringing more negativity instead of bringing more positivity, if that makes sense at all. Oh, no, absolutely. And that's, that's what I've certainly found. I always had the intuition. I just never had the self-belief, the courage or whatever you want to call it to actually act on it and to do something about it. And now I I trust it. I trust myself. I trust my senses to (laughs) actually tell me what's going on. Yeah. But also I'm embodied. I'm in my body more, Yeah, which I think allows us to read our intuition more because when we're not in our body and when we're doing all these things to escape that physical body, then, you know, we're not here to read it. So yeah. yeah, I love, I love the way you speak about that, but um, we are coming to the end of time we and are. <laughs> you know, we could chat for, we- I know this is going to be an eight hour episode. <laughs> Our first 15 minute chat lasted what an hour and a quarter or something yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but well, what we're does- just lovely people. That's all. <laughs> um, what does being a divine messy human mean to you? Oh my God, you woman. Um, you know, honestly, I love the mess and I'm OCD. I'm a clean freak. And, and part of that is, you know, from trauma too, but man, I love being a little messy. I do because it is being part of human and being part of human. See, I can't even, I can't even be a whole human yet. See, it's messy guys. It's messy. 
No, it just means that we, we make mistakes. We experience life when things come at us. We don't necessarily need to turn into a battle. We don't need to, to put up our shields and all this stuff. We need to embrace what's happening and let the shit go that we don't need in our life. Be messy, be connected to the people that you love and to the universe that we're around. Like, oh my gosh, our world is so beautiful. We need to take better care of it. We need to take better care of each other. And we need to not get hung up on all the shit that just doesn't really matter. It just doesn't. It doesn't matter. There are a lot of things that do and a lot of things we focus on that don't. And so for me, it's taking away the things that just don't really matter and focus more on the things that are a little messy that do matter. I love, love, love that. So tell everybody, although it'll all be in the show notes, how do people find you, my darling? You can find me in two places. Depends if you want marketing assistance, but I have Bound by Marketing is my uh, marketing agency. Um, but the Pain Game Podcast is my soul food and the place that I really want you to go. It's the Pain Game Podcast on all the socials. The website is thepaingamepodcast.com. And we talk about chronic pain and trauma and getting to the heart of how to heal with me by your side. Ah, that's wonderful. Thank you so, so much for your time, darling. Love you lots. Thanks, lovely. Mwah. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Divine Messy Human. I am always learning new ways of being, unlearning my old conditioning and repatterning my beliefs to serve myself and others to the highest degree possible. The opinions and beliefs expressed in this podcast are mine and all my guests from personal and learned experience. Please use your own discernment and take what resonates leaving the rest. I am constantly evolving and ready to implement new ideas. Harm is never intended. If you loved this podcast, please share, rate and review. Every little bit helps. And if there's a topic you'd like me to cover, please reach out through email or messenger. Sending you love, healing and blessings. <laughs>